price drop? Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody and uh, happy holidays. We are actually here to just talk to you a little bit about this week. We, of course, uh, get a one week off. Thank you uh, to our overlords, Henry, Ben, and Marcus. Uh, we get one week off to rest and relax. And still, we wanted to put something out there for you guys. So, uh, Jake, uh, do you want to explain what we've been doing over at Patreon? Well, over on Patreon release. Bonus episodes every week, either talking about the latest games and movies we've been watching or uh, dealing with uh, dangerous recent in that in the headlines taboo topics. Uh, but one of our most popular series that we started was The Year That Was, which is a uh, half hour deep dive into the releases of uh, TV, movies, video games of uh, we've been starting in the 2000s. So we've been going year by year. Through the Y2K era, the uh, the naughty aughties. It's very bizarre too, because I feel like I took a bit of a break from video games during that time. Uh, the, the it's shocking to go back and see, like, oh my god, 2002 was like a weird year for comedy films, mm-hmm. or 2003 was like this bizarre transition year for video games. You know, it, it, I don't. By the way, I don't know if either of those things are true, but uh, <laughs> it, it, still get, gleaning these very interesting, and of course, always it takes me back to a time and place. For me, these early episodes, uh, 2001, I graduated from high school, so it's me and having a massive life change and seeing all of the media that surrounded that, that I used as like pillows to break the fall of going to college for the first time, dealing with parties, you know, being a sort of a sex god in college, you know what I mean, all of these things. Uh, so, yeah, we just wanted to uh, package a few of them together uh, for you to listen to. If you want to hear more, we've actually done a few more of these on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. But either way, uh, enjoy. And uh, hey, you're welcome for this opportunity to sit back, relax and think about the Nintendo DS for a couple minutes. And listen and listen to us name a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Have a good one, y'all. And we'll be back next week. Uh, we are here to try something new with a Patreon bonus episode and take a year in time and wade through the the various bits of media that, that was released that year. Maybe maybe some of the unsung heroes, the lesser sung heroes, and, and definitely the big hitters that defined a year in media, especially the kind of Wizard and the Bruiser media. We're talking video games. We're talking movies. Maybe comics. We'll see how far we get. Maybe some TV talk. 
but we just wanted to look at at it. I'll just go ahead and start with uh, my personal situation. It is the year 2001. I have graduated from high school. That is the defining moment of, of that year. And obviously, I, I went off to yes, college. Yes, the defining moment of 2001 was when, when you graduated, I graduated high school. <laughs> for me, well, you know what I mean. For me personally, <laughs> that is that it was the, uh, you know, and then going off to college. So a big transition year for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. I definitely spent some time working at Blockbuster. So I'm definitely having like... Some things, memories pop up like Saving Silverman was definitely on the wall of my blockbuster. <laughs> I absolutely remember that. The animal, fucking Rob Schneider. Oh, Rob, the, Schneider. Rob Schneider's The Animal was hot. Wow, What Hot American Summer came out in 2001? Good. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Anyways, I guess we'll start with movies. That's probably the big one to start with. Yeah, I was also uh, in high school. Uh, obviously, the world was rocketed by... Uh, just a big whoopsie doodle in downtown Manhattan, and then that changed everything. But for a good solid, but this is the thing about 2001. This is our last gasp of media before that just like completely fucked with the national. Changed everything. I guess yeah. I didn't even think about that. So yeah, you have you have 9/11 yeah. happening at a point in this year, which completely changes the country. And more importantly, for our purposes, TV shows and movies. <laughs> yes, and and video games. And also, um, but that, yeah, so that is number two on the list. Uh, so graduated high school, and then number two would be 9-11 for defining moments of my, no, I'm just kidding. I, but, but yeah, I remember that too. That was freshman year of college. Man, where were you at? Because for me, I uh, had a really, I had finally, like, throughout the past few years, formed a really solid friend group and kind of found my own way in high school. I, I feel like I ended on a pretty solid note. Ready to move on. I got into the acting school at Florida State University. I go to Florida State University, and I'm immediately having... I, I, this is essentially what happened to me. I was like, college, everything's going to be different. I'm not going to be this guy anymore. I get to like change who I am. I get to ch- change you know, my social situation. Endless possibilities. I, I may actually kiss a g-g-g-girl. A good girl All this kind of stuff. Then I go to college. I'm immediately like not hitting it off with my <laughs> acting teachers or pe- or a lot of people. I make a couple of friends, but I'm immediately still this like loser outcast thing that I was in high school and just so crestfallen about it. And I do remember that and just and 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 being so uncomfortable in my own skin trying to be this like serious actor person and failing immediately. And I just yeah, I I remember just being just not coming into my own. I came into my own sophomore year of college. So mm. it's this is a weird time for me. It's like not a fun year for me by any means. And and that's with 9-11 aside. And then that happens and it's like, holy shit. Uh, I was still in high school. I went to a very small private Jewish school. And like, I, the, the class was literally too small for me to like actually be a total outcast. Like, Everyone had to deal with everyone's shit. There just wasn't even enough of us to form a full cast system. But I was just, like, goofing off in class, trying to, you know, doodling, drawing comics, like, uh, watching clips of, like, very slow-loading clips of anime in my basement when I got home. And the whole My whole life was, like, sleepwalk through school, hang out with friends, and then just spend hours upon hours upon hours in front of the computer... Uh, just like being an internet goblin man, uh, just barely a person at this point. Uh, in fact, yeah. it's actually kind of weird looking at the list of movies and like 
for 2001, it is, there's some real weird, like a lot of like famous bombs, a lot of weird misfires. And uh, if you actually, I searched on Google for a list of movies and it has a column that's like, these are the movies we think is important for you. And it's stuff like <laughs> Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, and Monkey Bone. And like, All right, this is what I got for top picks for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoolander. Okay. I don't even know what this is. Which one's this? Once More with Feeling. I have no idea what that is. Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which I do remember. Rem- wasn't that a big failure, but it's actually super good? That was one of the things that killed Disney. It was a non-musical uh-huh. steampunk adventure movie. <laughs> Uh, rock star, okay. Legally blonde, classic. They find they finally get one right about five or six in Zoolander. I do enjoy, but the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Now let's talk about it. I, I, I first of all, Harry Potter, Sorcerer's Stone, and Fellowship of the Ring drop at the same year, which is crazy to me. I, I do. Mm-hmm. I that is that is insane to me. Um, that both of those franchises kicked off in the same year. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, I will not see this movie in 2001. I will see this movie in the uh, discount theater <laughs> a year later visiting home from college. Maybe I saw it uh, over the... No, no, no. Yeah, no. It was the next year. Definitely the next year. But uh, Donnie Darko, I do remember being... That one was huge. I, again, I don't... I think I saw it when it came out on tape. Yeah, um, I didn't see Donnie Darko when it came out. I had to see it like on DVD years later. Yeah, that that would but that was such a big. How many more years till you go to college? How much older than than? I'm only like know? a year or two younger than you. So uh, because Donnie Darko was like the quintessential yeah. college kid movie. It was perfect for college. That's why that one stands out so much more. Another one too that was the perfect college kid movie. Super Troopers. Mm, was that, that 2001? That happens to no one. Oh, my. It was like. But again, all these movies were movies that we probably didn't watch until 2002 when they came out on video. No, I saw Super Troopers in the theater and loved it. We were all my other like goofy friends would just constantly quote it. I don't I don't want a large farva. I want a liter of cola like all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. That was honestly that was like maybe one of the last like gasps of 90s style. I mean, along with Zoolander, which like and Wet Hot American Summer. Wet Hot American Summer was so low budget and like so goofy that it almost like it I became. An I wouldn't indie see hit. that for years. Yeah. I wouldn't see that for years. That was a slow burn. I but but yeah. At this time, this is such a different me. At this time, I have not read a Harry Potter book. Have any interest in watching the first movie? I have not read a Lord of the Rings book. I would end up reading those in, later in college. Nor watched. Nor had any interest in a Lord of the Rings movie when it came out. Like, the, but I do remember. Oh my God, artificial intelligence. Okay, let's let's actually okay. Kubrick guy. I was a huge lock Kubrick it down, guy. lock it down. We're going to talk about AI because I'm guessing you saw it in the theater, same as I 100% did. Hundred percent saw it in the theater, and it is, it is a very like it is an uns. I guess because we I never had the it. chance to see a Kubrick movie in the theater. Yeah. Like the, just all the dead air and weird ponderous mm-hmm. stuff, and, and and where it should have ended, which would have been this very upsetting, dark. Like I liked unhappy endings and stuff, and instead it ended with this like ridiculous Spielbergian happy ending that mm-hmm. like was so absurd. And I remember being so upset at that movie. What? <laughs> because it was like 
Is there's nothing cheap and Deus Ex Machina about having your main character doomed to a fate have magic wish granting aliens swoop in out of nowhere to just make all of his dreams come true. Yeah, it really was so upsetting and like overly long and 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 it had an ending in it that would have been interesting. Yeah, so so we both were in agreement on that even at that age uh of of like this is this is trash. It's it was but it was fascinating. It was like there was so much money on screen and there was, you know, uh-huh. and I was at an age where, you know, Steven Spielberg could do no wrong in my eyes. So like mm-hmm. I it was a genuinely confusing. It's a confusing ass movie. Yes. God, so much shit. Came, oh my god, Hedwig came out in 2001. Uh yeah, t- uh, AI was severely disappointing. I love that Monkey Bone is just so in the in the <laughs> forefront, and Freddy Got Fingered both came out in two thousand one. I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched either film. Uh, <laughs> so I'm seeing ooh ooh ooh. Here's some okay. Here's some. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle some movies, and you tell me like hell yeah or hell not. Nah, all right. Okay. Uh, Evolution starring David Duchovny. I don't recall it at all. I, I maybe I saw it as a freebie from Blockbuster because I was getting like five free rentals a week from Blockbuster or something mm-hmm. like that, and so I was consuming a ton of bullshit movies and stuff. And um, but no, no, thumbs down, thumbs okay. down. I'm assuming uh, it was. I have pleasant memories of it because it is such like a pastiche of just all the Men in Black Ghostbusters style sci-fi comedies. But ah. it was a gonzo ass movie with really badly HCG. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Love it. At least it. At, the, at the time. Yeah, I don't know how much it holds up, but I super enjoyed that. That was back when Kevin Smith was actually like I view Kevin Smith's work in such a different light than I did back then. Back mm-hmm. then he was like. One of my number one. Yes. And now he's like a completely different thing. And I don't want to speak ill towards the man because I love a lot of qualities about him. I was wearing but... those jorts. I was living that <laughs> Kevin Smith life. He spoke to me, man. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, Mallrats was like my favorite. Holden McNeil, the lead character of Chasing <laughs> Amy. Chasing Amy is like Mallrats I still love. Mm-hmm. Clerks I still love in it in its way. Like it has this charm about it, but I don't necessarily think it's a great film. Mallrats, I still think, is a solid, fun comedy, and maybe that's the nostalgia. But Chasing Amy does not hold up. <laughs> it does not hold up. Everyone's just like screaming their emotions at each other. It it it's just so it's the story itself, I'm sure, can be viewed as probably problematic at this point. It just like I don't know. It, it, it just it's you you look back at it, you're like, oh, what uh, for sure. But Jay Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was a lot of fun, and I would actually rewatch that. that I is. I would I would die to rewatch that, and especially having uh, we both watched that Jay and Silent Bob like come ag- like the fourth reboot come again like direct to streaming movie, right? I didn't see it. No. Oh, that is that is a that is a weird one. That is a very weird experience, especially if you are of that Kevin Smith generation. Also, sh- special shout out to Dogma, which I did also enjoy. Like that was the best. That was when Kevin Smith was like really good. Kevin Smith, and then it totally fell off after Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, another movie that I am actually happy to see on this list, I feel like is also worth revisiting, is Shaolin Soccer. Yeah, Shaolin Soccer really kind of changed the game a little bit. It's, it really did. God, Shaolin Soccer was like, I mean, there was nothing else like it. And yeah. 
it and like I was just weeby enough to know all these kung fu tropes in a in a way that was more honest than those like uh, than kung pao or whatever. It was actual martial arts comedy. Oh, you also briefly mentioned. I know we're jumping all over the place, but that's kind of the fun of this. I know you also briefly mentioned Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, but I do want to go back to that one because that was another AI massive <laughs> disappointment, massive disappointment for me. I really, really wanted something great. I, I was so floored. I was so pissed off that they didn't have a single ch- Chocobo in that movie. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a single Mog. It's like you're calling this Final Fantasy the the. Literally the only things that are in every Final Fantasy you did not include in this movie. Like, it's not that hard to get a Mog in your movie. You know what I mean? Or Moogle or whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about. I wrote an article about uh, this movie for Dorkly back in the day, and it is (laughs) truly bonkers. It is truly... It's so bizarre. It looks... I mean, visually, there's some amazing stuff happening, but it is just like, that's the only good thing I could possibly say about it. It's when you think about the actual billion dollars it took them to build that studio and like do all that tech development and then actually make the movie. And the result is just the like shitty animated Steve Buscemi, like being a just so many bad tropes. And the plot is horrifying because it's full of like invisible alien ghosts that murder people with a touch, like because they were born from space genocide. (laughs) Like, it just, um, oh God! Yeah, it's so ridiculous, so bad. Uh, a, you know what? Let's a, a, go. Let's keep going with animation. Let's. Uh, with Shrek okay. came oh, well, out Spirit, this year. We have to say Shrek Spirited Away. It's very important to say Spirited Away came out. I don't think I saw it when it dropped in movie theaters, but very important to talk about that. Um, and then, yeah, Shrek, of course. The other Spirited Away is what I call Shrek. <laughs> uh, Shrek really is the me. It's the DreamWorks is the Miyazaki of the West. I think we can all. <laughs> Uh, and Osmosis yeah. Jones, which is, I don't know what. I, was, I, I knew you were going to get into Osmosis Jones. I don't think I watched it. I never I, saw I, it. Do people care about Osmosis Jones? It's such an Atlantis. It's, animation <laughs> really was struggling a lot, I think, during during this year. And kind of from the looks of it, comedy as well. It seems like the more interesting comedy was happening overseas with Shaolin Soccer and stuff like that, and the most interesting animation was happening overseas as well, you know, Shrek aside. Well, okay, I see the comedy tab, and there's like, okay, Zoolander, which I am not a huge fan of, but I understand it came at a very important uh, time in people's lives. I also feel like Zoolander, though, it, it should be noted, wasn't big in 2001. It was big in like 2003, yeah. You know what I mean? Zoolander was a sleeper hit, for sure. Jo- Joe Dirt is this year. Oh, God. Legally Legally Blonde, which is fine, a fine film, but like I don't think is like... that. That's probably the strongest comedy of the year if you don't take like Wet Hot America. I mean, Wet Hot American Summer is probably actually, personally, the strongest, but... Uh, I'm sorry, this is Corky Romano Erasure. Uh, yeah, comedy <laughs> film was... Stru- Monkey Bone? I mean, comedy film was struggling this year, dude. No, it's Blonde all over the place. We got is American... the number one. Uh, American Pie 2, which I remember literally nothing that happened. I remember actually it was, nothing. It was weirdly like the same movie. It was one of those sequels where they were like, remember this joke from the first one? Uh, oh, I actually, I've got my number one comedy from this year, which again, will just tell you how weird this year is with comedy. How high? Oh my Surprisingly, God. Surprisingly, the I got so baked out and went and saw it in the theater and I, wa- I was screaming with laughter 
I have since watched it again, and I do still enjoy it. And the part where they have to like bury the or dig up the dead body or whatever it was so over the top and like so crazy. And <laughs> I just it surprised the shit out of me that movie. Uh, Red Red Man and Method Man, by the way, are the starring people in How High. So just to give you an idea of like how bizarre that is, if you don't know what movie I'm talking about. You know what movie I was just thinking about and I'm seeing on this list and now I'm like scared to actually rewatch it. Shallow How. Ah, yes. Shallow How. That is going to be a problem. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I'm going to tell you right now that's going to be a problem movie to watch. You should watch it with Marie. Oh you my two will god! Really have a fun time watching that. <laughs> that would as as a ch- as a loving chubby couple, we would. It would be ego destroying. You will be furious at that movie, dude. It is so those these movies are so bad in hindsight. But again, what a fucking weird year for comedies. Like comedy is just not uh, another one. Honestly, that I feel is a comedy. I guess you could say it's a romantic comedy that was one of my favorite films of this year. Amelie. Oh yeah, yeah. Loved Amelie and felt like it really brought something new to to cinema and to romantic comedy. It had a great story. I, I it was this movie. It, it, it was kind of funny. It was this movie I kept recommending to people who would come into Blockbuster, and they would be like, "I just want to see something different." You know what I mean? I just want something like a little different. And I'd be like Amelie, and then the next day they'd be like, "Yeah, that customer stormed in and was very mad because it was subtitled and they didn't know it." And I was like, "Oh, uh. people are so dumb." But at the same time. I would probably be pissed off too at this point if someone recommended a movie to me and I came home and I was like, oh, fuck, it's subtitled. I wasn't planning on watching a subtitled movie tonight. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I kind of get it. This was, I there was, yeah. So it feels like a lot of the older, more established studios were kind of flailing a little. We got movies like, you know, uh, Disney did Atlantis, uh, the Tomb Raider movies, The Mummy Returns, Pearl Harbor uh, the Tim uh, Burton Planet of the Apes, like all these yes. big whiffs. But then we get Donnie Darko, we get Amelie, we get Super Troopers, and like Indies had a big year. Wet Hot American Summer, yeah, this really was a year for the Indies for mm. sure. And even in the bigger market, Ugh. you've got Kevin Smith with Jay and Silent Bob, this big high profile comedy, and still it's an indie guy. Yeah, yeah, this was the year for indie for sure. You do also have. Um, Oh, God, I remember Moulin Rouge. I saw it in the theater on my wow. campus. And I remember being, like, kind of into it and kind of thought, like, every, like every single Baz Luhrmann movie enjoyed certain moments and thought other moments were cheesy as fuck. Because you can't, can't, can Because you can't, can't, can Yeah, I, and, and, and I remember I went and saw it with one guy who was, like, this kind of weirdo guy. He was, like, not a weirdo guy, but he was, like, he was kind of scruffy. It was, it, you were, you were, for me personally, freshman year of college, I was friends quote unquote friends with a lot of people by proximity mm-hmm. because they were just my next door neighbors and everybody was bored and we couldn't like buy buy nice things because no one had a job and everyone was just kind of stuck together so he was like one of those pro- I protest every time there's a protest on campus kind of guys mm-hmm. right and uh and he was like in love with the whole <laughs> thing with the whole aesthetic with the um you know, the, yeah, the whole thing. He was just like, couldn't believe. He was like, this is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but I was also blown away that no one on, uh, no one in my proximity was uh, enjo- enjoyed Fish, the band. So, you know, what do I know? But either way, uh, yeah. Horror, if you look at the horror tab, there's some weird entries going on here. Uh, on the one hand, we got like, uh, what do we got? We got 
uh, 13 Ghosts. We got which is 13 Ghosts and Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers launching that big franchise. I mean, you've and then Hannibal, which is like... Hannibal was Hannibal. a weird-ass bad movie, man. Honestly, I, what, from what I'm looking at, The Others is the best horror movie on this list. Uh, from the what others I'm looking Nicole at, Kidman. Uh, Jason X, Jason in Space, is yeah. definitely... Yeah. <laughs> Jason X, which I wouldn't see for another couple of years when I would do my summer of Freddy and Jason leading up to the release of Freddy versus Jason in the theaters. But uh, Jason X, one of my favorite films from that franchise because it's so ridiculous it's so silly and it looks like a softcore porn like the, <laughs> it's like the, it really does like it's on this weird spaceship everything is so low budget and weird and yeah it just looks like like are these people just gonna start fucking any t- at any moment now because that's kind of what it seems like yeah weird year for that stuff i will say uh going back to sci-fi we haven't mentioned it yet i did enjoy vanilla sky right, so that was back when like tom cruise wasn't quite a crazy man yet mm-hmm. And we all—he was like so much more beloved as a leading man. Oh, also for comedy, another indie, Pootie Tang, big, mm. big entry, big entry for comedy. But yeah, Vanilla Sky, I really enjoyed, and saw it in the theater, and that was a big like summer blockbuster that I think people really liked. So what I'm noticing, if we if we have to make like a a blanket statement, is this is a transition year where like the yes. old guard from the '90s are like struggling to like figure out what the fuck they're doing now. Meanwhile, giant new franchises like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings are just kicking people. Just ass. launching. Fast yeah. and the Furious just came out. Uh, indies are, you know, we got Ghost World, we got Donnie Darko, we got all these yeah. things. Uh, uh, Pixar and DreamWorks are taking over animation. Like, yeah, this is this is the '90s are fi- are giving way to the 2000s. And yes, like, it is so transitiony, and no one knows what's about to happen in the world, which is going to completely change. <laughs> oh, Waking Life! I enjoyed Waking Life. Waking was Life movie. was maybe my favorite movie in college. I was smoking so much weed. Yes, so much weed, so much weed. Uh, okay. All right, let's. Uh, we, we could keep talking about movies forever, but let's talk about games because uh, let's talk about games. I mean. Wow, what what a! I, I'm Uh-oh. just looking at this immediate list. There's some. It is not a transition year for video games. There are some bangers in here, and they're this all is sequels. insane. This is insane. Holy shit! GTA GTA Three changed everything. Everything. For me. It's the, one after the other. We got game changers. We have GTA yeah. Three, which came out. Halo came out. Uh, Tony Hawk. Wow. And S- Silent Hill Two came out. Um, Metal Gear 2 with that huge uh, bait, bait and switch move where it wasn't even a snake story. Silent Hill 2, massive. I mean, it's crazy that I was going into college the year Super Smash Brothers Melee came out, and yet that has no effect on my my world because like no one had a GameCube and no one was playing Smash. Oh, my, my entire world was Smash just casually. Just no matter what was happening, like if we had our hands free, like the GameCube was on and we were playing Melee. Tony Hawk 3, Max Payne, Conquers Bad Fur Day. All right, so let's talk about, uh, to start GTA 3, I had a PlayStation 2 in my dorm or whatever, Um did, when did I get GTA 3, though? Because I don't remember playing GTA 3 until I was in sophomore year. But maybe I'm wrong. All I do know is when I did finally get it, it fucking changed everything for me. Everything. I definitely only played it uh, once the PC version came out, and that was 2002. But Oh, wow. Just 
hundreds of hours just sunk into that game. Yeah. And then after that, Vice City really is what would what would oh yeah just be this huge huge like that was it wasn't Smash Brothers for me it was it was GTA. Final Fantasy X comes out and I do remember that coming out in 2001 because I would just like Metal Gear Solid major hype for that like mm-hmm. huge huge hype for FF10 and I remember getting like so fucking frustrated with that game it never clicked with me I tried to play it again on stream I I went back when I was streaming every day uh-huh. uh, and I just. Yeah, I just don't get it, and I hated the fact that the 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 fact that they made getting the like final weapons so obnoxious <laughs> with the dodging the lightning bolts like two hundred times, which I still think is the most ludicrous thing. And I didn't even get to the Chocoba racing, and apparently that's even more obnoxious. I just don't understand some of the cho- decision making in FF10 just baffles me personally, mm. and other people love it. Metal Gear 2, however, again, massive hype for that game. I just remember being blown away at how long the cutscenes were. I could <laughs> not believe it. And now looking back, like if I had known what I was getting into, I think it would have been very different. But Metal Gear 2 still, though, man, I remember having so much hype. And honestly, a lot of it paying off. Like, I did really enjoy that game. But it definitely was the same with FF10 where I thought I was getting one thing and I kind of got something else. Uh, oh, absolutely. I remember being online and seeing countless, just endless discussion of write-in uh, struggle as people yeah. were like, this isn't what I wanted. And if we had known back then that like the entire thesis statement of the game about how like governments and corporations will control information and keep us in our own like information ghettos and truth will become arbitrary... <laughs> like, it's very weird how Hideo Kojima just casually laid out the next 20 years in that Yeah, game. for sure. And uh, uh, I, I I already mentioned it really quickly, but Conker's Bad Fur Day was huge for me, too. I loved that game. I thought it was... So, I, I bet if I played replayed it, a lot of it would be eye-rolly and, and frustrating, too, probably with the just the gameplay itself and 3D platforming being what it is, especially back then, but... Congress Bedford Day, having the poop monster, mm-hmm. having dirty jokes, having a clock. I was a huge Kubrick. I mean, still am, but was massive Kubrick fan. Having a Clockwork Orange opening mm. parody felt. I was just like, this is made for me. This is like, I love dirty comedy. I love you know Kubrick. I love when they take cute things and make them dirty. You know what I mean? Like. You know, what, I guess, I don't know when South Park came out, the movie, but, like, just all that kind of stuff. Having something that on its face should be cute and sweet, and it's actually, like, super filthy, and he's getting hammered, and blah, 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 blah. But anyways, yeah, that was huge. Halo, again, not a huge effect in my world, because I was a PlayStation guy, but did that rock your world? Yes. My dorm room had the GameCube, and my best friend's dorm room had the xbox and it was just all day every day melee and um halo again this was like a year later i guess when i finally got to college but uh just yeah that pistol was way overpowered um <laughs> and you know it, it, it we I, we kind of talked about it but like the regenerating shields the yeah. uh the cover based shooting the spooky sci-fi story it all yeah that did that did change a lot for sure it, again it's it was more of a transition thing though it was like planting the seed mm. you know oh as it would really be tricky really jesus be, christ yeah i was about to bring it up well okay and you also have tony hawk 3 which i was obsessed with and put pumped many many hours into and a game that i i was 
didn't quite fully get, but I think it's because I didn't play it on PC, though, in hindsight, is Max Payne, but Max Payne does come out this year. Played a ton of Max Payne. It is still yeah. one of my favorite games ever made. And Remedy is still doing that third-person shooting. Like, uh-huh. If, you know, uh-huh. everything that you love about Control was first kind of codified in Max yes. Payne. A hundred percent, and and I liked Control a lot more because I played it on PC with <laughs> mouse and keyboard for sure. It it, it really does uh, up it a lot. Uh, Soul Reaver Two was such a bummer, <laughs> such a bummer. I, I, I there was a lot of that because you have Max Payne was like this too. It was really grimy and dark. This was the grimiest, darkest time. Twisted Metal Black. Everything was like it's the world is broken and we are here. You know what I mean? Right. And then nine 11 happens. And everyone's like, why don't we just have cake instead? Why don't we just go to a picnic? Cause this is a, the world itself is too dark to get into this. Uh, devil may cry as well, by the way, launching yeah, that franchise. It's sad looking at the revolutionary games that like came out then stuff like, uh, the original Diablo animal two. crossing Diablo. Animal two. Crossing, yeah. And then when I look at the games I actually played, I'm just kind of like, Oh man, I sure do remember. Oni, you guys remember Oni? Like the actual games I put time into are way less uh, notable. Yeah, for sure. Except for I mean the the kind of the the number ones: GTA Three, Final Fantasy Ten, Metal Gear Two, Silent Hill Two. The PS Two Xbox generation had like cemented itself. We were fully three D. There wasn't really two D stuff happening. It's the opposite of film. We are like steeped in this in this console generation's run. It's like the opposite. It's all these bedrock stuff. It's like this the 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 fundamentals of that console generation were happening. Sonic Adventure 2 by the way, which I think is just I feel like 2001 was the year that more and more people were showing up with an entire book of burned Dreamcast CDs. <laughs> CDs. And and thus defining that really was the end of Dreamcast year as well. Yeah. Right? And Sonic Adventure 2, like, not strong enough to really... I mean, you don't see it really any Dreamcast games in this top section, right? No. I don't know how far I'd have to go to get to a Dreamcast game. It really was the end of that whole thing. Ooh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, too. Ooh. I don't, think, fun. I don't think I played it at the time. I had played that. Damn, RuneScape, which er, we keep getting hit up about a RuneScape episode. That was also... We'd have well. That is the definition of an episode where we have to find an expert who was, like, in yeah. the shit when that was going down. Hundred percent. Uh, briefly before we close out, we could talk about TV. I, I cannot believe Trailer Park Boys was back in '01. That <laughs> blows my mind because I didn't discover that till way after college. Six Feet Under, um, for sure. That was big for me. Uh, I think I hadn't watched it yet, but my brother and my parents were super into it. Band of Brothers. Uh, what else do we have? The problem with TV though is it's like it's so ongoing. The off the British Office. Which mm-hmm. I wouldn't discover until college. Until I think British Office, I wasn't a thing until I like. I remember visiting New York at the end of college, and they like my friends were obsessed with it in New York. Invader Zim, no, two thousand one. By the way, um, oh, there's a man. bunch of stuff that like I didn't watch. Like, yeah, fucking Lizzie McGuire De- and Reba. Yeah. <laughs> And Degrassi and, you know, um, Scrubs. These are all things. Smallville. The, and 24. I wasn't really, I, I, you know what? I wasn't watching a ton of TV back at this time, I think. I just really wasn't. It, it was, uh, you know, I think, or if I was, I was watching like Simpsons box sets or something like that. You know what I mean? I just, mm. we, this was my college years. I don't watch TV anymore years. I don't play video games. Like shortly after this, I would stop even playing video games. 
like what's interesting is the life around us, man. You know what I mean? I think I was kind of like that. So not a big year for TV for me at all. Ooh, I, okay. You know what, actually, though? I'm checking anime, and this was a really good year for anime. We got, mm. besides Spirited Away, we have uh, the Cowboy Bebop movie, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Hell uh, yeah. We're into uh, uh, Satoshi Kon released Millennium Actress, which was a really uh, good movie. We're in the throes of Initial D. We got, um, uh, oh, well, maybe not. Okay, One Piece has already started. Uh, we got Love Hina, which uh, I'm not going to get into. Uh, Azumanga Dayo came up. Uh, yeah, so, actually, hmm, no. Uh, medium, medium good anime year. I'm going to say <laughs> a lot of highs, some lows now that I'm looking at this. Hmm, hmm. Do I want to talk about uh, Maho Romantic? Do I? No, no, I don't. I'm not going to talk about it here. So, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, for film, big transition year. For video games, big fundamental year. Big, big middle of the console year. For TV, uh, uh. <laughs> TV's just about to go pro. Yeah. This is yeah, like we- the weird holding pattern time. Like, I think, like, Lost comes out, changes the game, right? Sopranos. Mm-hmm. This sort of thing, right? Really yeah. changes changes the landscape, and we start looking to TV more like film mm-hmm. and cinematically. But this is like not quite there. We didn't not hit full it. prestige TV yet. Yeah, we haven't. There it is. That's the. I was like, what is the phrase for it? Prestige TV. All right. Well, I think that about does it. I love this. Let's keep doing these. This yeah, is really yeah. fun. It just tell. It just. It, it really is interesting to look at a specific year. It tells you so much about about the landscape and about the climate and I, it's so funny like the comedy is so problematic <laughs> a word i don't love too because people use it in stupid ways but like tv so or, or comedy is so fucked up at this time it's like every i bet half of those movies you would watch and there's at least one moment you're like whoa that's racist <laughs> uh turns out when you make fun of something uh you have to check whether or not you're <laughs> It's ethically okay to make fun of something years in the future. Just a lot of bland fucking comedy, man. Just so much bland comedy. It's crazy. But anyways. All right. That's it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Today we're talking about the year that was 2002. Oh, I am immediately all about this year. This is a great year for me. (laughs) I, I actually fully recall it. So... To place this in time for a young Holden McNeely, uh, mm-hmm. I was a loser. Literally, felt I feel I felt like a 
unpopular loser, kind of a mixture between a freak and a geek, up through freshman year of college, at the end of which I was given the keys to the to the apartment that would change my life. This apartment was like right next to the School of Theater. It was like technically off campus, but it was right on campus. It just made my life A, a lot more convenient. It was just wonderfully located. And it was a party pad. It was the party pad for the School of Theater for, and it had been for a long time. It was literally the whole place, the whole like, it was like a front house and a back house. And it was called the House of Chaos. And it was like this perfectly set up to be a party pad place. And it was my own apartment for the first time ever. I finally had my own space, which was amazing. Like I would throw on music and dance around and, and you know, and, and just, I don't know, and, and just had a wonderful time. And then when school started, so I had this weird summer where I just got to like be completely on my own and just super soak up the 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 independence that I'd never had before and then school started I was like this all of a sudden I was magically like a popular kid that threw cool parties (laughs) so it all sort of happened and and I remember so fondly and it was literally like this was kind of what it was was like the the kids that I saw as the cool kids of the theater school showed up at my front door like the first day of school and was like hey this has always been this place that we were always able to just hang out at, like, like a clubhouse. <laughs> Do you mind if it's still like that? And I'm like, no, I don't mind. I miss, I have never had this kind of situation. So, And then when I was like, cool, could you hide this gun for me? No questions, bro. Actually, I did hide a gun for Ed Larson, but we'll talk about that on a different episode. But, but uh, yeah, it was like just this fun, amazing time, but also... This was okay. Let's just get right into it with video games and Grand Theft Auto Vice City because that, like, I loved GTA 3. Mm. Vice City comes out. I've got all these friends that want to hang out at my place and just like smoke weird and like, <laughs> you know, hang out and drink and, and, and party and listen to music. And Vice City drops. I pick it up and it just becomes like this super fun, super addictive hangout game with all of my buds it was so much fun too because it was like there were like three or four of us core people that were playing through the game together as Mm -hmm. like a group which i hadn't really done much of that before and one guy was like the wheel man like really good at just driving cars would always get the controller passed to him if it was like a heavy car driving mission if it was like a cause havoc mission one of the dudes was like really good at just chaos Another one was, like, just fully well-rounded. And I think I was, like, the gun guy. I was, like, good at shooting, I believe. And we would just trade the controller around and just could not stop playing this game. Just hours and hours and hours. It was one of my funnest personal gaming experiences ever. Is back in 2002 with GTA Vice City. On the side of that, I did not have a game. Hold on, wait. Which do you... If you remember one weird song that played on a loop in the radio, which do you remember? Oh God! I'd have to look it up. Honestly, I'd have to I look just up. looked at a list while you were talking. You were the best at asking me questions, and I'm just like, I have no idea, Jake. I don't. I'm sorry. You know what it is? I found a list while you were talking, and now all I can ha- all that stuck in my head is like, he is my Japanese boy. Like that. Just <laughs> I like it. Just sent me back to a time and place. Like I mean, you've got another thing coming for oh, sure yeah, yeah. by Judas Priest. Uh, yeah, there's the, uh, uh, Tears for Fears is on that. A great soundtrack, man. Uh, I Ran So Far Away. Oh, yeah, that was from the commercial. That was, like, the official theme of that. Yeah, it, it, it it's a killer. I just love, so Vice City, if you don't know, 
It's it's it, I wanna I want them to make another one of these because it was my favorite setting for a GTA game. It's Miami, it's this it's the 70s or the 80s? 80s. 80s. Very Coke cocaine fueled, crazy style, offensive Cuban paint, accents. <laughs> offensive Cuban accents. I just that was my by far my favorite setting of a GTA game. It just had so much style and it was so fun. It was like I just loved it. I loved everything about it. And uh yeah, so I'm sure it completely holds up too, but that was that was my number one jam looking at this list. Do you have a number one jam looking uh, at this list? Looking at the list, the number one jam definitely in terms of just our sunk was Jedi Knight 2, Jedi uh <laughs> or Star yeah, Jedi Knight 2, uh Jedi Outcast. Yeah, Jedi Outcast, fucking Kyle Katarn waving lightsabers around, spamming force powers, and just being a cool bearded guy in a fully this was my KOTOR. This was my, like, oh, shit, it's like Star Wars, but r r real like, moment. Uh, so many hours. Yeah, gotcha. It looks cool. It looks pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. I didn't even get into the crazy multiplayer community. That, like, still exists today, which is, like, its own sport. Um, huh. In terms of other stuff, definitely uh, a big memory was uh, Wind Waker coming out. Yes. And uh, feeling I was one of those shitty people. I admit it. I'm not proud of it. I was one of those shitty people that was like, what the fuck is this baby cartoon stuff? I'm not a baby. I want uh, like I'm adult link. I'm not kid link. I'm adult I, link. I was definitely like this because this was back when this. No, it's gorgeous. It is unequivocally an achievement in visual design. And I was just a fucking this is idiot. back when it was more novel where it was like. I was definitely more of the mind of like, holy shit, I feel like I'm playing a cartoon. Yep. Which which now that's actually something you can achieve in so many different video games. But back then, this was the first time I felt like I was really playing a living cartoon, and I thought that was awesome. I was also super jealous. I didn't have a GameCube. I wouldn't get a GameCube till later on. I don't see that on, on my list, by the way. Wind Waker was 2002? Uh, it showed up on Google. Hold on. If this, if this was yeah, something that... It oh, did? oh, no, no. It was Japan in December 2002. Oh, so North fuck America that. Okay. In March 2003. No, what, the GameCube was Metroid Prime, Super Mario Sunshine. That was that. Mm -hmm. That was 2002 in GameCube. We, we will talk about Wind Waker on the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to repeat all this. Metroid Prime blew my mind, though. It made me want to get a GameCube. Mm -hmm. uh, I, was, I was like, but obviously it broke college kid, not able to just run out and grab a, a full-blown console on a whim. But yeah, seeing Samus go from first person into the ball mm -hmm. and doing the pu a puzzle in the, as the ball, I was like, whoa, that is so cool. And, and it was just so, I feel like Metroid Prime was one of the greatest examples of adapting from 2D to 3D. It just was so good. It was so smooth. The world was so fascinating to me. The boss fights were so epic. Just loved it. I hope they can... They have a new Metroid game coming out, right? Uh, it's it was delayed once again. I think uh, it's it's kind of up in the air right now. Man, I would love a new Metroid if it was. Good. I'm actually, you know what? I don't feel like this was one of the uh, quote unquote great eras for um, for gaming. Like I know Vice, you know, every every year is going to have like big hits, but I'm not seeing like holy shit. Well, somebody's going Morrowind. Morrowind, talk about Morrowind. We didn't play Morrowind. Talk about Morrowind. None of us uh, had the. Neither of us. Yeah, I I did not have World of Warcraft three again. But even those are like, uh, like precursors to the better thing, right? Because yeah. people would say the best Elder Scrolls is uh, what what was the next one? Oblivion. There, yeah, Oblivion, and then Skyrim. 
I think people would say, a lot of people say Oblivion is the best. I don't know if there's a lot of people that say Morrowind was the best, right? It's It was the first, like, full 3D talky, you know, that, like, Bethesda yeah. system. So, like, yes. it's definitely, it definitely, it lit a lot of, we've talked about how it lit a lot of fires yeah. under a lot of different people and, like, definitely upped the ante, but... I'm looking at stuff like Mortal Kombat, Deadly Alliance. Uh, like I'm seeing a lot of bad tie-in games on this um, on this Wikipedia list. Just within a single screen, I saw a Jimmy Neutron tie-in game, James Cameron's Dark Angel, and Minority Report, all for PlayStation Two. Now I know Neverwinter Nights was the precursor to Kotor and Mass Effect. Did Neverwinter Nights light a, a big fire in the PC gaming community? Uh, yeah, I mean, all of these were like pretty good games, but they didn't break through. I, I feel like they weren't like full-on breakthroughs, like full-on mainstream crossover hits. That's where. And maybe it's just because I now have a gaming PC, but I feel like back in the day you were either or, whereas a lot of people now have both. Mm -hmm. You know, like you were either a PC gamer or a console gamer. Or you have this situation where just a lot of things that are on PC also come out for consoles and vice versa. So so it's a little different now. But I think back in the day, the the barrier to entry, like I was definitely just using only gaming on my computer with emulators and like mm -hmm. flash games. I wasn't getting into yeah, any of this shit. kind of stuff. I feel like that was a lot of my gaming. Yeah, if we weren't playing Tony Hawk or Smash Brothers or uh, or GTA... Uh, yeah, it was a lot of like NES, you know, a lot of uh, Nestical and SNES 9X on my shitty Dell laptop that I had gotten for college. Did you mess with Eternal Darkness? No, no. I mean, it's a landmark game, obviously, because yeah. of all the. Cr I mean, there's. What is it? It has like an incredibly weird patent on like a specific. I'm going to I'm going to Google this. Uh, is this the game where you can go insane? Yeah, you go insane. And like it'll, it would do stuff about. that like yeah. uh, show an error message if you go crazy. It would like look like it was deleting your save file. Yeah, it would kind of mess with you, kind of like in a Metal Gear Solid kind of way. Oh, it had. Wait, does it? Yes, it has the patent on a sanity meter in video yeah. games. Yeah, 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 totally. Which is a really cool concept for sure. But again, I didn't have a PC and I didn't have a GameCube, so it's I have such a focused like. And, and couldn't afford a game just whenever I wanted to either, mm. right? So it was such a focused lens on just Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Like, that defined my everything for sure. Yeah, I didn't uh, have a PS2. Uh, I really, yeah, fuck it. I think my core gaming in 2002 was um, uh, playing emulators on my laptop. And being mad about George W. Bush. That was that was all of my time back when I was... A that Spider-Man movie game came out in 2002 that people liked, and I did not like it. Also, mm -hmm. I did borrow someone's Game Boy Advance in order to play Metroid Fusion, which was a pretty fun game. Oh, God, Kingdom Hearts is 2002? Oof. Wait, was, really? is this another Japan thing? Is this another Japan yeah, thing? Yeah, well, that doesn't... Actually, no, there's no way. It's, it's on the list. It's... Hold on. Kingdom... Hearts. What? We gotta figure this out. Wait, I thought I played that. Maybe I rented it while I was home on vacation, on like a week off. Because I remember playing that in my house, my parents' house. N simultaneous release. Yeah, it says 2002. Fuck. Yeah, 2002, dude. I I swear I played that at home, and 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 it was definitely one of those where I was like, this is like not. I'm too old for this. That was definitely <laughs> how I felt. That was definitely how I felt, and I still feel that way. 
We Wait. did an episode on it. We get it. We understand why it was important. It's just at the time we did not appreciate it. It's a lot of precursors. You're right. It's a ton of precursors. Resident Evil came out. The first Resident Evil, which I, I no, don't know. No, no. That has to be a remake. Yeah, right. This isn't adding up now. No, I'm GameCube so remake. We're using the uh, the okay. automatic. You're looking at the automatic Google list, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, because that doesn't add up, actually. That, that, I was, yeah. Um, a lot of, yeah, we're still at the World War II shooters, so I'm seeing, like, Medal of Honor and stuff. A lot of Medal of Honor stuff going on, for sure. Okay, Resident Evil Zero was 2002. Uh, yeah, for sure. Shit, Ratchet and Clank, like, yeah, no, I'm, this wasn't a big gaming year for me. It's, I feel, I feel uh, ill-equipped. No, it was and it wasn't. It was like the year my favorite game, one of my favorite games of all time came out with with uh, GTA Vice City and like, that's about it. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I'm looking at a bunch of dumb stuff. Ratchet and Clank, 2002. Also that terrible uh, 3D Castlevania came out. Oh no. Um, and it looks like maybe in 2002. Okay, so I think we got to jump ship to movies. Yeah, this is so... Oh, no, 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 never mind. I'm looking at uh, Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. That's a Game Boy Advance game, and that actually probably isn't that bad. But you're what a weird wasteland. I, you know, that's the gaming industry takes, uh, you know, kind of has those transition years where it's... And you know what it is? PlayStation 2 is still kind of new. GameCube is new. Xbox is... Well, no, uh, Xbox is kind of new. So, like... Uh, they haven't like figured out all the tricks yet, and they haven't like busted out like the real like home runs at this point. Now I'm just curious. I want to look at video games 2003 at a glance. I'm not going to talk about it because we'll talk about it at a different episode. I think 2004 is one of those like those years that people. Yeah, talk about. yeah. 2003's got like Kotor and stuff. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, yeah, it's Simpsons hit and run. 2004 is San Andreas, Half-Life 2, Doom 3, Halo 2, World of Warcraft, Fable. Uh, yeah, 2004 is the fucking killer. Yeah, that's the crazy one. All right, well, we'll talk about that on a different time. Let's talk about film and uh, in 2002. Do you want to talk about a good one first or a weird one first? <laughs> uh, Jackass the movie, fantastic. Saw it in the theater. Absolutely. One of the most surreal it. experiences absolutely loved that movie in the theater what a great movie theater movie too i have had so many fond memories i don't think i saw the sequel in the theaters i must have been like over it for a little bit but i saw the third one in the theaters as well and absolutely loved it and i'm pretty sure that movie's not nearly as good out of the theaters but jackass the movie the first one man great stuff just what i was like this is the funnest movie ever i i don't i don't even want to watch normal movies anymore i only (laughs) want to watch movies like these this is just so fun and it's like where did the time go i just had so much fun watching a movie with the with ridiculous stunts and it just i was like how is this even allowed to be a movie it's like nothing it's just people getting hit in the balls and doing gross stuff and i love it and i'm so here for it what's your weird one uh weird one i'd have to say i remember being super into the matrix and um (laughs) Uh, really just obvious for obvious reasons we've talked about it uh, and seeing I believe on Penny Arcade the fucking gamer webcomic that I, I went to religiously they were like hey there's this weird little movie that's out if you like the Matrix you'll like this and it was fucking Equilibrium that's Ugh. right Equilibrium did you ever see this thing no oh my god it starred Christian Bale and Tay Diggs and it was a dystopian future 
where you had to take like drugs to stop you from feeling emotions. And if you didn't, a cool guy in a black trench coat would come and fuck you up. And Christian Bale is part of the cool black trench coat gangs. Um, And it had one of the dumbest, coolest ideas in the history of action movies, the gun kata. Gun kata was a unique form of martial arts that involved holding your gun in holding two guns and twisting your body into weird anime poses with the idea being that those poses reorganized your body into the most statistically unlikely places for your opponent to aim and shoot at you. So there's all these scenes of Christian Bale just doing like interpretive dances while just shooting two guns at a bunch of dudes. I was in an empty theater, man. Nobody (laughs) saw this fucking thing. And I was like, it was one of the first like sublime moments of like, I understand intellectually that this is terrible, but I fucking love it. (laughs) God, I will never stop thinking about the fucking gun kata. Uh, it was directed by Kurt Wimmer, who eventually did uh, Ultraviolet and Salt and uh, Street Kings. A weird, weird-ass fucking uh, resume on that guy. This is a fucking weird year. And, you know, it makes so much sense, too, because I was in college. It's especially weird for me because I, I wasn't consuming a lot of media. I was going through my, like, weird bohemian phase mm. where all I wanted to do was, like, read and you know, listen to jazz and play chess and, like, goofy stuff like that and um, hang out with people because I was so starved for friends. So you're point. saying you didn't see Dana Carvey in, Master, in The Master of Disguise? No, you're just throwing these dumb, weird movies at me. <laughs> There's so many great movies talking about Jakey telling trying to what? tell no. you about stuff First I've never the, heard of. No, no, obviously, when I think 2002, I think... Uh, Adam Sandler's weird patchwork animated film, Eight Crazy Nights, which was so badly done that you can tell that they had to, like, stop production and restart with a different studio halfway through the movie. Um, there's definitely uh, Juana Man. Got to talk about Juana Man. What Death are you Smoochie. talking about? All right, all right. I'm taking over. What? Death of Smoochie, I loved. Death of Smoochie, I loved. That was a good one. That dark comedy was very much panned. Uh, so many great actors in it. I thought it was hilarious. I had it on DVD. Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, my friend. That is a film we should talk about. Great flick. Uh, we could talk about that, or we could talk about The Adventures of Pluto Nash with our um, mutual yeah, friend, Victor Varnado. That's a really bad movie, uh, for sure. Catch Me If You Can, in terms of prestige film for that year, oh, Catch okay. Me If You Can was actually pretty pretty solid. Um, Catch sure. Me If You Steven, Can, uh, The Spielberg. Pianist, the Pianist, yeah, which I didn't see until... I think I saw that on an airplane, like, very hungover. had <laughs> a really rough time. That was also, This was also the year uh, M. Night Shyamalan started showing his ass a little bit. With oh, signs. I will defend signs. I will I, actually I, I, defend signs. It's halfway there. It's halfway... It's like... It was, you know. it was, he was having fun. In my head, he was like, oh, he's getting a little loosey-goosey. He's having fun yeah. with it. He, obviously, if he doesn't further degrade, this is a fun little experiment. I will, I will remember where I was in the theater watching this. It was fully packed. M. Night Shyamalan was at the height of his powers. And there's a scene where they're like trying to chase whatever the big bad is. Uh, no, fuck it. Everyone knows. It, it was aliens. They're trying to track down aliens in the middle of this cornfield. They're, it's pitch black. They're all searching with a flashlight. And you see a single inhuman foot quickly like enter the corn. 
and the entire theater screamed in terror. Yeah, yeah. That and was, it was that at was... that moment that I was like, this is fucking amazing. That yeah, was wasn't half like the... a foot. It wasn't until like the resolution, and even then, it's like it's not the end of the world. But uh, you're, it was his last like decent movie. I feel like uh, I don't. I I gotta get into this late Shyamalan. You know, I haven't seen like any of his weird superhero universe shit. I'm kind of interested mm-hmm. in that because I'm kind of interested, but not as interested as I am. And honestly, this year was largely defined for me by Lord of the Rings. Now that I'm looking at it, in terms of because I was uh, I saw Fellowship of the Ring. And was like, I'm actually going to catch up to the films uh, with the books. So mm-hmm. I started reading. So I like read Return uh, Fellowship of the Ring after I saw the movie. I read half of Two Towers, then saw the movie, then finished it. And then I finished Return of the King before I went into the theater and saw that. So actually, I was reading a lot of Lord of the Rings this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Two Towers came out and was phenomenal. I, I remember that. And just being so lit up by that movie. I'm surprised it's like n- not one of the first movies. Why is Scooby Doo the first movie listed in 2002 popular movies? It's the same for you as it is for me. And then like Mr. Deeds, which I don't even remember Mr. Deeds. I barely, I cannot remember Mr. Deeds. And at I think all. you already mentioned it. I remember seeing Red Dragon in the theater and being like, okay. That was real dumb. Red Dragon yeah. was real dumb. I don't love the whole, I'm not, I, I think um, Silence of the Lambs is like an, a, an incredible film. That mm-hmm. I don't really ever want to watch again because it very, disturbs me greatly. Um, and then everything else is so boring to me. Like Hannibal, Red Dragon, it, it's got its moments, but I'm just not lit up by that that uh, franchise like I was by Lord of the Rings. It's especially if like you watch other crime dramas and like other like weird spooky serial killer stories. Like it is kind of tame and just like o- or overly ornate for no reason. Oh my god, dude! Okay, I have to talk about Panic Room. Panic really? Room ama- yes. That's one you. that's jumping out at you? It has nothing to do with the movie itself. It is the fact that I, okay, this is what happened with me. I would get a crush on a girl. And you'd find out she was very lesbotronic. No, no. Usually it was just, I would, I would, I would, I would, I think purposely protect myself by forming a crush on a girl that was clearly out of my league at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Middle school, I did it. High school, I did it. It was different, different ones each time. And in college, freshman year, I decided to have a crush on this like ridiculously hot like musical theater girl who I had very little in common with, who was just like not at all really in hindsight like would have been at all a good relationship for me. And after her in freshman year, I was like, I'm done with this. I, I'm I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna date myself. You know, essentially though that was that was what I did. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm just gonna have fun. I'm gonna stop. Doing this to myself, it makes me crazy, yada, yada, yada. And right around that time, uh, there was this the a girl, she was, I think, a year ahead of me. And we were like, hit it off in a friendly, I was like, great, I have a new friend. She seems really cool. And we started hanging out. And then I got like a, a couple of mutual friends like, dude, she actually likes you. I was like, no, she doesn't. She's like beautiful. <laughs> she, she really was. She was a, a former Miss Teen Arkansas, also a musical theater girl. And, like, absolutely gorgeous and super cool and super fun to hang out with. And people were like, no, dude, she actually is into you. And I was like, no way. It was, like, the first time I just put the blinders on, like, didn't form a big infatuation, didn't read into thing too much, and it actually happened. And it was at the movie Panic Room. This was a defining moment in my life, Jake. Oh, my God. So we go see the movie. I find out she has a thing for me, and we go see the movie. And we're sitting there. And it's one of those armrests that you can lift up. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and we're sitting there and I was like, just do something. You know, it's literally like kiss the girl was like yeah. going on. You know what whoa, I mean? Whoa. It's like, do something, do something, you P word. You never do anything. <laughs> just do something. And I was like, you know what? I kind of prefer, you know, without the armrest. She's like, me too. And I pulled up the armrest and put my arm around her. Yay. And I was like, I am actually doing the thing. It was this huge victory for me. <laughs> and I had to like give myself this big pep talk. And, and then like, she was like, why is your armpit so sweaty? And she yeah, immediately yeah. put it back down. Well, that, but that was the first time that I, A, like, actually made a move, and B, the, she was the first girl I kissed. Legitimately Aww. kissed. Oh, and, and, and I always talk about it. I, and, uh, just watching I, Kristen Stewart. We didn't Stewart kiss and, at Panic Room. We just kind of got comfy with each other at Panic Room. It's still intimacy. It's still... Wizard and the Bruiser. It's still intimacy. Oh, and then, and then like, years later, I would come to find out, like, all these really cool ladies... <laughs> Had a thing for me, and I was just so dumb about it. And you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, I had a crush on you. I was like talking to this people. They're just like, yeah, I had a thing for you. What you, you idiot? And I was just like trying to bag this like incredibly daft musical theater girl. Not not the girl that I'm talking about. The other girl that I had a crush on freshman year, and just like so stupid. And I could have been dating so many cool. Very beautiful women. <laughs> Just so stupid about it. Anyways, that's my Panic Room story. 2002, baby. Dude, this was a landmark year for me. Not a landmark year for video games, film, and television. No, but I'm damn, still seeing some. Such... I'm seeing some honest. We're we're skipping over a lot of like real. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about them. Let's talk about about a boy. Great. I really liked about a boy a lot. Um, with the badly drawn boy soundtrack as well. Very college for me for sure. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man classic, actual classic, actual did Marvel better than Marvel for a hot second. That came out 2002. I'm not seeing it. It's under my top picks for you. So if this is the case, then this is another really fun memory for me. My buddies and I, I was visiting. May 3rd. I was home from college when this movie dropped. So this was must have been like the summer, right? I guess. Mm -hmm. And I was home from school. And my buddies and I, we went to Toys R Us and we got these Spider-Man gloves that had attachments to them that shot silly string. Mm -hmm. And then we went to the opening day and we were out front of the theater and we're like spraying each other and little kids with the silly string. And everybody was having such fun. And we were all, it was like one of the funnest opening day experiences ever had. And all the little kids like loved us because we had the fun Spider-Man gloves with the silly string. We were like jumping around and spraying. We were like, Spider-Man, it's Spider-Man. It was awesome. That was one of my favorite movie theater experiences ever. And then we went and saw the movie, and it was, like, great. <laughs> exact opposite story uh, was May uh, 2002. Uh, me and one of my best friends, uh, who uh, was, like, he was my movie friend. Like, he loved movies. We would go to movies all the time. Uh, go over to his house on Saturdays, just watch a bunch of DVDs. And uh, he had tickets to the famous, world-famous Zigfield Theater for the opening day premiere of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, and it was <laughs> fucking depressing. Yeah, the I entire theater still... just left with like this somber sense of loss, like something has been taken from them and it would never return. That is my least favorite film in the Star Wars franchise because I also feel that that is by far the most boring movie mm-hmm. and the worst acted. Oh no! The the, the, the it's the one that's like it's the romance and the sand. It's not and is like the stuff with Anakin's mom. Like it's just real nasty, real dumb. 
that Dooku fight at the end, it's just a fucking mess. This is why I get actively mad when people try to internet cute the Star Wars uh, prequel trilogy into actually being good. Mm-hmm. Look, we're doing these memes. And so I'm like, no, no, dude, these movies super suck, especially the middle one. Stop. Stop trying to make it seem like in hindsight they're actually not that bad. I, I'm, I'm over it. Like, I just, I hate that. I hate, I hate the way the internet champions the dumbest stuff sometimes and like the worst made stuff because they're trying to make it something it's not. It's like, stop. I hate internet cute. I hate that kind of stuff. I'm like... Actually, uh, you know uh, what? Bringing up, um, bringing up, yeah, bringing up Star Wars Episode Two. There's a lot of franchise missteps happening in 2002. I'm seeing mm. uh, the Mummy series kind of falls off a cliff with the Scorpion King. Uh, Austin Powers kind of falls off a cliff with Goldmember. Even though I kind of like smoking a pancake, I kind of for some reason still like smoking a pancake. <laughs> uh, fat bastard did give a speech at the end about how, you know, he's unhappy when he eats, and he eats because he's, un- he's unhappy. <laughs> that and then farts a bunch. That was, that was real good. Uh, James, uh, the James Bond series is just in free fall with Die Another Day, which I'm, I now have to look up the article to remember which one. Uh, oh, that was the one with Halle Berry. Great. That was the one with... Uh, is that the, also the one with... Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm noticing a lot of dark thrillers... I'm noticing there's a bit of a Lord of the Rings effect with some dumb fantasy stuff, and there's a bit of a weird sci-fi effect happening. What do you see under sci-fi? Solaris, um, the Time Machine. You've got, I mean, Pluto Nash. Boof. Just a lot of not amazing stuff. And then you do have special shout-outs to 28 Days Later, which we covered I was definitely not into horror movies just yet. I was about a year or so away from actually being into horror movies. And um, and then I would end up getting into to that kind of stuff. But uh, it definitely came out this year. Also, I remember Minority Report I have a memory of as well. I love well. Minority Report. That was extremely well done. I did not love my Minority Report. I just did not like the tone of it. I did not like the mood of it. And mm. so we saw it once and I was like, uh, I thought that was all right. And then my friends tried to convince me to watch it again because, like, they hadn't seen it. And it was actually one of the only movies I've talked about this, I think, in, in a past bonus episode. It was one of the only movies I walked out of because I just it was just because I had just seen it. And I was like, I, I was like a third of the way through it. And I was like, I fucking hate this. I don't want to watch this movie right now. You don't care which uh, one of the twins has been corrupted by the evil goo cops. I chose sitting out front of the movie theater smoking cigarettes <laughs> Overhanging, over sitting in the theater wow. and watching the movie. I just was like, I'd rather just sit alone and just like think. <laughs> also, I remember I got a um, a free advanced screening ticket to Eight Legged Freaks, and it was incredibly forgettable spider <laughs> horror movie. Uh, over on the Disney side of things, uh, Treasure Planet, Big Whoops, uh, almost ruined the company. Uh, but also, Lilo and Stitch came out, which is kind of held up one of the, as one of the best like underdog Disney movies of all time. Uh, even though they had to completely rework that scene because of uh, it was about a rogue passenger jet and it was super 9-11. I remember Gangs of New York was the first uh, Spielberg film I saw in the theater and did not, or that I just no, saw in general and did not Gangs like. Gangs of New York wasn't Spielberg, it was, uh, was I'm it sorry, Scorsese? Uh, Scorsese. It was the first Scorsese movie I saw that I actually just did not care for 
and no, I come on, just, Daniel Day, the five quarters are a fist. Bomb. He's he's amazing, but there was so many things not amazing about the movie. I hated Cameron Diaz in that movie. <laughs> she was not great. She was not great. It was just a, clearly not a good movie, and I was kind of floored by that. But what was clearly a very good movie, Road to Perdition, ruled. Yeah. Amazing, man. Ooh, Road to Perdition, so good. So, so good. Based on a comic book that I have yet to read, but I would like to. Oh, my God, Adaptation. Jesus. I loved Adaptation. What is, where was that file then? I loved Adaptation. Uh, 2002 Dramas. Ah, uh, okay. Dude, I'm seeing. I saw uh, that in the theater, and it floored me. I was so into Kaufman and Spike Jones, and just so all about that kind of approach to filmic storytelling and oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah. loved that movie man that and being john malkovich were like an amazing yeah. one-two punch those were uh, great for us because we were in college those are like yeah. the perfect college kid movies also eight mile but i never i don't even, i still don't think i've seen eight mile actually me neither do you want to, we'll have to we'll Maybe have to we'll do have it, to uh, it at some point. bonus episode yeah, animation stuff is weird at this point. And I've kind of aged out of it for for the time being. And they really weren't making very good movies for everyone like they do now in terms of animation. What? So. Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron didn't get you going. It was about horses. And Ice Age. It's just like cute, very for kids, very not for me. Not a really not a lot going on animation. Treasure Planet, which I don't Awful. even remember. Nobody this remembers. is when Dis- this is probably Disney's worst point. Yeah, this is a definitely a low point for Disney. Even though, again, like I said, Lilo and Stitch was real good. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, we got to talk about horror. Uh, we talked about signs, but uh, on the horror list, I'm seeing uh, Queen of the Damned, famous because Aaliyah's in it, and she died mm-hmm, right after mm-hmm. uh, it came out. 28 Days Later, the ep- uh, the movie's so good, we did a whole episode on it. Uh, Jew on the Grudge, which was part of that J-horror boom after, um, what was it called? The Ring. Uh, I loved the grudge. The original grudge was so fucking crazy to me. The like mm. creepy little baby, the creepy shit. It mm. opened up. I wasn't like even a full weeb yet. I hadn't even joined the anime club. And I was like, whoa. Um, then uh, Bubba Hotep. Holy shit. Bubba oh, Hotep. That was another good college kid movie. That Very good, really good college, college kid, kid movie. movie. And uh, Blade 2 with uh, Guillermo del Toro behind it. <sighs> the college kid movie for me that was Punch Drunk Love. 2002, Ooh. baby. Mm. It's a lot of good movies for our age group. It's groups, the opposite. of It's Eight Crazy Nights, but it was not funny on purpose. I loved, <laughs> I still love Punch Drunk Love. Very, very much so. Also, just before we wrap things up, uh, just to give you a glimpse of television, uh, the top-rated shows, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, Friends, Friends is still banging it out, Joe Millionaire. Wow. Joe Millionaire, which was... um, what, what what was the is that is this pretty much um Bachelor? it was the reality show where everyone competed to be a millionaire and then like ah. quickly at, before it was airing it was like he's not really a millionaire like yes. he's only a millionaire if you like count the value of his house which is not yes. how anybody qualifies that <laughs> yeah that's right that's what it was uh then you have er still kicking it and mm-hmm. I think most notably, this is when this is actually Jimmy Neutron this is, no this is the first year American Idol aired. Oh, the Kelly Clarkson year. So this like changed yeah. everything, dude. Everything. Uh Survivor is still super popular. Everyone everybody loves Raymond. And then it just kind of goes from there. Will and Grace Scrubs. Scrubs was uh initially aired the year before 
You've got, I, is it a uh, little insulting that my uh, my top three picks for you are Naruto, Clone High, and Birds of Prey, the shitty CW show? No, that's those are pretty, you know, the West Wing I was really into for sure. I, I don't know if I caught the West. I watched it all on DVD, though, but I definitely watched it in college. So, uh, yeah, Frasier still in the mix. Okay. All right. Okay. And did Firefly get canceled in 2002? I'm seeing Firefly a bunch. Well, Serenity came out in 2002. Okay, that's what yeah. happened. All right. Well, I think that about covers it. We completely glossed over Cranky, Anchor, cranky Anchors, but and shame Stuart on Little us. Too, and, you know, there's tons of stuff. Resident, The first Resident Evil movie came out. Oh, my God. There's too much to talk about. I love these episodes. I think we're going to keep doing them unless you guys tell us you don't want us to do them anymore. Then we'll do something else. I like taking a year out and just talking about it. Not only does it bring back all these memories I have mm. from where I was at, which was sophomore year of college for this year. It also just uh, is it's crazy to it, you just get such a perspective. I, I I never thought about a year in something like a decade after or whatever. And mm-hmm. people were I think people hit us up actually about the year 2000. And I think we will go back and, and do the year 2000 as well. And even maybe the 90s uh, as well. I think it'd be really interesting for us to go do like a, a, like 1986 or something. Ooh, you know that'll what I mean? be weird because we were just kids. It'll be so, so bizarre to look at what was going on. Should we do 1997 and it's just like, man, I can't believe how much I loved that one Ninja Turtles tape we got yeah. at Burger King. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I am a robot, and I am now here to talk to Jake. Jake? Hi there. It's me, human being Jake. I enjoy breathing, defecating, and having sex with my squishy organic body that will eventually error, die. Error, Jake. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm a human being as well. Sorry to deceive you. But today we are talking about the year that was 2003. First of all, I have to apologize. Pretty sure Vice City came out in 2003. I think I talked about it a lot during uh, the 2002 discussion. Either way, my life was changing. I'm now a popular cool kid Mm -hmm. in college. That's where I'm at at this point, Jake. Um, I was given keys to essentially a party house for the theater kids at FSU, and I'm now I'm getting laid, and I am not playing necessarily a lot of video games or even watching. Uh, I was definitely watching a decent amount of movies, but really I was living life for once in my life. I was actually kissing girls and being at parties and you know having fun. I played a lot of chess around this time. I definitely listened to a bunch of jazz, trying to be interesting. You know, because that's really what does it. You know what I mean? What gets the kissies. Uh, and trying to be an actor, struggling, because I was not fitting in at the theater school. I thought I wanted to be a serious actor at this point. Because who who gets to be comedians for a living? That doesn't exist, right, Jake? I mean, that's not real, right? 
right? So I wasn't doing a lot. I think I think maybe I was just starting to think about doing sketch comedy for real because I was binge watching Mr. Show DVDs. I was, you know, getting kind of into the mix a little bit, but was really getting down on myself because I was um, just not uh, not being successful in the theater program. And uh, I can't remember exactly when it happened. I can't remember if it was 2003 or not. Yeah, I think it was maybe 2003 that I get kicked out of the acting school, a move that was devastating to me back in the day that ended up being probably the best, one of the best things that ever happened to me. And that very night, I went out and did an improv show at this place called The Warehouse in Tallahassee, Florida, a really good pool hall with a stage in the back. And I did that with my friend John Moreno from John Twitchman Sketch Program. And we ended up uh, killing. We ended up killing and had this amazing improv set and that is what started my foray full on into comedy and uh, just full on into actually discovering my voice in the world. Um, yeah. What about you, Jake? Where were you at in 2003? Uh, I was still a freshman in college. I just arrived in a packed freshman dorm, uh, just discovering the joys of binge drinking and uh just uh, really just barely passing all any of my classes and uh, just just really just a dissociative stupor of uh, whiskey and uh, bunk beds and um, and just, you know, getting to know who I was uh, smoking a lot of weed, thinking I was a hippie for a little bit. Maybe this was yeah, the right. year I went to Bonnaroo and thought, like, definitely this is the lifestyle for me for some reason. Um, getting mad at George W. Bush in the school yeah. paper, you know. Just really living the most pedestrian, unexceptional <laughs> college freshman 2003 existence a human being could possibly imagine. And yet, I always see you holding an oversized lollipop in tiny little short shorts, right? <laughs> they don't make sailor young. outfits in my size. I'll say that. <laughs> this is pre-beard Jake. This is, this is a clean-shaven, full head of hair, sparkle in my eyes, uh, and just... Just genuinely, just everything you assume about a boring white kid who just got to college. Just all so, all embodied. So, I already talked last episode about Vice City, but I, that actually, I'm pretty sure, should have been reserved for this episode. So, just know that this that gush happened actually during this year. One game I wouldn't probably play in 2003, but I absolutely loved when I did finally get uh, borrowed a GameCube from a friend. Zelda Wind Waker. Jake, let's talk about it. Did you have a GameCube? Were you playing Wind Waker? What list are you going off of? Because I just need to make sure I'm not like, again, making the same mistake you did, which is... last. So last week you tried to say Wind Waker was 02, but it was actually 03. Okay. And I'm using the best video games for 2003 Metacritic list. Oh, you know what it is? We got we got Japan. We got Japan involved. That's the problem. Yeah. Japan is confusing everything. So that's I think what what how I somehow also thought that Vice City was O2. So yeah, use that Metacritic list. I'm going to use the I Metacritic think. list and therefore we'll be on the same literal page. And the number 1 which makes a lot of sense to me is Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, which was phenomenal. Uh, I was definitely not uh, one of the people that was against the cell shading thing. I was definitely one of the people that just wanted to play a living cartoon. I think this Zelda Wind Waker was the first time I felt like, holy shit, I'm playing an actual cartoon. Uh, and it came with like the Ocarina of Time thing too, right? I think that the was... fucking 
Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition promotional disc, arguably better than Wind Waker. <laughs> it is so good. It's number three on the Metacritic list. It had uh, Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link, uh, I believe Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask, correct? And that Man. was like the first time I really felt... This was, I think, during the same era where like Animal Crossing had NES games. The idea of actually getting to play these old games again on newer yeah. hardware was like really just a mind blow at that time. I was more obsessed. The only other time I remember something like that before that was Super Mario All-Stars on the Super Nintendo. Right. And uh but yeah, I never actually so I never actually played through Wind Waker back then. I just didn't have the time. I I talked about it. a ton of Smash Brothers was basically what all that and Halo were the two big games because they could get four people involved. You like yeah, I didn't really have time to like sit down and just play through a solo game when I was too busy. Uh, being uncomfortably intoxicated in a lot of cramped dorm rooms. <laughs> just really just hoping I could make it back to my room so I could projectile vomit and not break my hand on some broken glass. Yeah, it's really funny for us. We're both actually tr- actively trying to not play video games so that we can try to talk to women and make friends and all this kind of stuff, right? You know what I mean? It my just... one roommate uh, tried to use one of those, like, uh, torch lighters you know the jet lighters to melt glass and make it his own bong and i was helping him and uh the thermal shock exploded the glass everywhere and we had cuts all over <laughs> our bodies <laughs> uh i one of one of uh the first parties of the of the year this freshman came in and he had big poofy hair and he tried to take a hit of that bowl that was being passed around and wouldn't you know it he lit his entire head on fire, and he became the guy that lit his head on fire for the rest of his existence in college. Um, at one point, I bought a bunch of salvia extract over the internet and uh, was like kind of showing it off to people because it is an insane like psychedelic drug that only lasts like a minute. Uh, and then someone was like, hey, you should bust that out now at a full party. And uh, the girl who tried it first had an immediate total freak out and ran screaming out of the room. And for a month, I was that guy who poisoned Caitlin. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> so either way, going back to the things we weren't playing, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. We just did an episode about it. I'm finally. Well, pl- we've we finally I'm played finally playing. I'm still playing it, Jake. It's a good video game. It's a very good video game. It's it's hard because I feel like I have a lot of games running at once right now, way too many than I usually like to. Mm-hmm. But whenever I sit down with it, I jump right back into the world and I have a good time. And I'm on the second planet, so that's fun. And uh, yeah, it is. It's amazing that that game came out in 2003 because even Vice City, I played it again on my phone and and enjoyed it enough, but. Uh, Still, I feel like Knights of the Old Republic holds up on a level that even something like a Vice City does not because it's just so clunky and, they, you know, they solved a lot of open world issues since that time. I just love the flavor and the style of Vice City, right? Yeah, I'm still scrolling through the list trying to find stuff that, like, I actively played. Uh, SSX3 was a big one. Another For sure, that's a good game. college dorm room one. A good college dorm room game. Uh, oddly enough, this is one I actually played a ton of. Uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein Enemy Territory, the free-to-play standalone multiplayer uh, Wolfenstein game that kind of was, I think, the first... No, no, I played a ton of Unreal Tournament in high school, but like the first kind of team-based kind of, you know, kind of that Overwatch, Team Fortress kind of deal where you have your own roles, where you have your own objectives, 
And like I played hours of that because it's just a it was free and I was broke and B I just spammed grenades like a, I, I got high kill ratios on the cheesiest tactics. Also, it looks like Soul Calibur Two is just coming out on uh, PlayStation Two, and right, Soul Calibur Two. Uh, did we talk about Soul Calibur Two in two thousand two? I mean, because that's the one that had Zelda and and uh, Kratos and Spawn, right? That was Soul. Yeah, Calibur II. yeah. So you got a different special, or was that the one with Yoda? Which one had Yoda? Yoda was yeah. It, uh, I'd have to look. You're asking questions I cannot answer. But either way, that was probably the best Soul Calibur game. And that definitely was a great dorm room game. But I feel like... Two had Zelda spawning credits. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I bet I played that more so on the Dreamcast in 2002. Mm. Back when I was in my shitty dorm, I believe, uh, was the situation. So, but yeah. So wait, you got a different special character depending. So PS2 was Kratos, right? Mm-hmm. Yoda was GameCube, and Spawn was Yoda GameCube or was Spawn? No. Ga- Spawn doesn't feel like that would be GameCube. No, no, no. You got you got Link from Link. Um, for GameCube, and that was cool because yeah. he actually had a sword and shield. Uh, you got Kratos for PS2, obviously because of God of War, and you got Spawn for Xbox because extreme because because <laughs> edgy. So either way, that was a big one for the college dorm for experience for sure. Whoa, Prince of, Persia, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time is that the first Prince of Persia? Uh, I mean, oh, uh, besides like the old, old, old school version. Um, I don't. There is a friend of the show, Matt McMuscles, has an entire series about like the history of uh, these reboot Prince of Persia games through Ubisoft. But um, I believe Warrior with no way. No, 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 yes. This was the first of the reboot series, followed by Warrior Within, okay. uh, with a bunch of others. So, yes. yeah, this was, they introduced the kind of parkour third-person element that then got, I mean, it's it's a direct line. Uh, the team that made these games um, got frustrated with the property, and Ubisoft kind of lost interest in it. And so they ended up creating um, uh, Assassin's Creed, which was its own right. version of the spooky desert setting running around doing cool parkour shit third yeah. person action game i remember being very prince of persia adjacent like very this was when i wasn't playing video games but that looked like a game i would play if i was still playing video games and i eventually would play a P- prince of persia game but definitely was definitely wasn't cool that it was like i guess it was, yeah it was definitely just a cool um new addition to how to traverse space in a game that was new and interesting and fun, right? It was just changing the camera angle a lot, just the constant movement forward was very cool. For sure, for sure. Uh, also, I wish I had played Beautiful Joe. I kind of want to go back and play it again, or, or play it for the first time. Beautiful Joe always comes up in conversations about good games from this time. Did you ever fucks with Beautiful Joe? I missed all of those legendary Swing for the Fences Capcom games that came out for the GameCube during this time. I missed uh, Killer7. I missed Beautiful Joe. I ended up playing the Nintendo DS version, which was also a ton of fun. And it really does kind of uh, add all these layers to the, you know, side-scrolling beat-em-up action genre in a way that is, when you're in the flow, you feel like a goddamn super being. Uh, The way that, like... You can fast forward and slow down and do all and cut and do all these film based power ups on top of your moveset 
that, you know, get the combo going, get the juggles going, get all that, all with this cool, at the time, cutting edge cell shading that was all the rage back then. And the director, uh, Hideki Kamiya, I believe. Uh, yeah, I mean, just what a what an amazing resume. Resident Evil to uh, Devil May Cry. You've got um, oh wow, oh he did the voice Japanese voice of Godot for Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, which is really? Trials and Tribulations. Yeah, weird, weird, weird. weird, weird. Uh, but also Bayonetta, which yeah. uh, I'm very excited. Hopefully, Bayonetta three will be sometime in the near future. But yeah, just a great, great track list. And Beautiful Joe was definitely that game that got away for me as well, Jake. That I've only heard about now that I should go back and really revisit because I've just heard it is fan fucking tastic. What else do we have? I think we got is that the about. First, I mean, we sports games, sports games, sports games. We got the first so. Call of Duty. Wow. Now, now the first Call of Duty doesn't do that. That gangbusters does it it does okay i mean modern warfare is what kind of made it the juggernaut that it is but it did great it was you know all these i why why did we end up covering uh the call of duty series uh the activision because of activision yeah uh so like the it definitely did a ton of improvements on what was by this time like a really kind of long in the tooth uh dead genre of the world war ii shooter and there was, you know, they were all these outcasts from the Medal of Honor series, and uh, it was like a revolution at the time. It did do well, but it wasn't the runaway post-9-11 hit that was uh, Modern Warfare. By the way, I should also say, the most video games I'm playing at this time are on an NES, SNES, and Sega Genesis emulator, uh, respectively. Oh, on yeah. My, big nesticle hours. <laughs> uh, yes. Big time. I was... Dude... I was playing the shit out of Street Fighter 2 at this time. I actually got incredibly good at playing Street Fighter 2 on a keyboard, so much so that I wish I could carry a keyboard around with me and take it to people's places whenever a Street Fighter 2 game broke out and actually connect that, because I just I would use the arrow keys, and I, I think maybe, like, I forget what the, what the other buttons were, but I could throw a fireball and do, like, a tatsu so well by flicking my fingers on the arrow keys in this like rhythmic way that yeah. I will never be able to. Uh, yeah, I beat it on every difficulty level, just chain smoking in my apartment, sitting at my computer. So disgusting. Uh, uh, you know what this was a good year for? This was a good year for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, enough. I'm looking at a lot of bangers. Advance Wars 2, WarioWare. WarioWare got... was so fucking crazy. Like, so good. So ama- so such a mind blow at the time. Uh, especially for like, you know, you're you're a teen, you're like you have an idea of what video games can be, and here's just this complete genre breaker that's like way ahead of all of these, you know, uh the impact of WarioWare can be felt in like casual games from that point onwards, like way after the fact. Yeah. Also, uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, speaking of which, I was just gushing about uh Origami King on the other uh, podcast bonus episode for our monthly roundup. And uh, yeah, this was another great entry in the RPG line of Mario games that were happening on the advance that I totally missed, and I want to go back and play. Uh, we got Aria of Sorrow, Castlevania. Great Castlevania game. I definitely repl- I've definitely gone back and played that on my 3DS. It's Soma Cruise, baby. Everybody yeah. loves Soma Cruise. Oh uh, yeah, great stuff. You steal Solid. the you steal the powers from the bad guys, and now they're your powers. It's incredible. Um, why don't Why won't they make another Advance Wars? 
Why won't they do it? Um, it's. I think I, is that an intelligent systems game? Is that I think the company that makes it has been involved in like a lot of other stuff. Is it is it the Fire Emblem team as well? Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure that it's like they just went full Fire Emblem at a point. But either way, everyone wants Advance Wars to come back. Yeah, they it's intelligent it. systems, and they finally got their uh, got their 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 nut on uh, Fire Emblem after all those years. Also, Tony's back. At the time of this recording, Tony Hawk uh, Remake 1 and 2 has come out, and people are really liking it. But back in 03, Tony was dying off. We've got Tony Hawk's Underground, which I feel like was the beginning of the end for Tony Hawk. Yeah, I know it was a hit. I know people like bought it, but as soon as I saw like the weird story progression and the fact yeah. that he had to like walk around and talk to people, I was like... Eh. Yeah, they're swinging for the fences a little bit. Uh, also... Beyond Good and Evil, which I think, wait, did we talk about a last episode, though? But it's on this list, so it might have been a, a game of the year or something, but that is on here with the insanity mechanic. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I think I've been getting in the weeds now because I'm seeing stuff that was actually released in 02 that probably just got some kind of, you know, extra release or something in 03. Dynasty Warriors 4 definitely played a lot of that. Ugh, the worst. All right, let's talk about movies. <laughs> All right. If we're gonna, you, you had to pull the Dynasty Warriors cards. So now we're talking about movies, Jake. Congratulations! Oh God, Matrix Reloaded. Oof. Oh God. God, what a disappointment. What a weird. Yeah. Just, what a weird. Dis- that's the second one, right? Is that the second one? And Revolution. Revol- which one had the rave scene? Because that was when I Revolution had out. the rave scene. Revolution. I was like, I'm done. Nope. It had this ridiculous rave scene. It was so corny. I was like, you guys totally lost the script here. I think I saw all of them in the theater, too. I mean, there was so great action scenes. There was the there was mansion cool fight, scenes. the burly brawl with all the fucking Final Fantasy uh, Agent Smiths running around. Uh, the highway scene with the ghost albino twins was insane. Like, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And then a lot of just, like, just genuine horse crap. Like, people were making fun of that architect scene for, like, years after the fact. Because it was so such yeah. a just crazy ass pull. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, God damn. What I'm seeing here that stands out to me, House of a Thousand Corpses, that was huge, huge in college. Perfect for college. This B-movie feel, Rob Zombie, everybody thinks he's cool. House of Thousands Corpse is way over the top. It was a great movie to just get way too baked out and watch with some roommates and late, late in the wee hours of the night. Oh, shit, and Freddy vs. Jason. This was my year that I spent all summer watching every Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th movie, and at the end of the summer, we went and saw Freddy vs. Jason in the theater, and it did not disappoint, and I was so happy I spent all summer watching those movies because I had the best time ever watching Freddy vs. Jason in the theater. A uh, real weird year for superhero movies. We got uh, X2, yeah. which, I mean... Amazing. Saw it in the theater. God, you know, Brian Singer, let's not talk about him. But, yeah. like, uh, as as far... It was the gold standard for superhero movies at that point. They actually, like, managed to do the uh, mutants as, like, a gay analogy in a way that was, like, novel and not, and not like, too ham-fisted. All the characters were back in cool ways. Um just a quality movie like just that was a superhero movie that you could look at and be like no superhero movies can be good uh then on the opposite side of that we have daredevil and angley's hulk oh poor poor angley's hulk i thought that's where you were gonna go at first i forgot x2 is definitely the high point 
the high water mark. But man, yeah, Angley's Hulk. I mean, at least Angley's Hulk though was like something else. Yeah, you know. It, I mean, in a way that it's um, you have a drunk Nick Nolte as the final bad guy. You have Hulk uh, fighting a bunch of mutant poodles. Uh, the weird use of comic book panel editing. It's just such a, I want to rewatch it and see if like maybe is it I, I can't tell if it's going to be better or worse than what I remember it as. Um, I will say this was also the year that I actually finished reading the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, which culminated in the Return of the King dropping, I believe, probably holiday season and super loving it. And, uh, you know, not too long after that, the extended versions come out. I binged watch those all the time in my college years, especially fantastic stuff. That was some good stuff. Another one that that stands out to me hilariously enough is uh, Something's Gotta Give. I loved that movie with uh, Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson, romantic (laughs) comedy. I actually super, super big loved that movie. But I think a lot of people, this did not hit me when it first came out, but I definitely have to note Old Boy, 2003. Oh, that was, goddamn, who knew? Who knew? Uh, another film that rocked my socks. I don't know if I saw it in 03, though, but I probably did. Because, But I definitely saw it on like a DVD rental. Lost in Translation. Bill mm. Murray. Bill Murray, I guess he's already gone sad Bill Murray with Rushmore at this point and Royal Tannenbaum's, but Lost in Translation was so, it still is so good, dude. I love Lost in Tr- Translation with uh, Scarlett Johansson, a big breakout film for her as well. Of course, directed by Sofia Coppola, absolutely fantastic about two lost souls who end up in Tokyo and finding each other there and trying to just... It, it reminds me of uh, what I called a super sad summer Sundays, which was this uh, one summer up in New York that I spent with Jackie and our other friends, Kep and Madeline and some other folks of the like, and everybody found themselves single and miserable and all this kind of stuff. So we'd get together every Sunday and just have an adventure. And it kind of reminds me of Lost in Translation a lot. Um, you know what actually is uh, standing out as like the strong, or at least the most notable genre going down this year is the comedies. This is like a weird dead zone of like what I associate as like 2000s era comedies. Well, because- I will say old school, the high point probably, right? Uh, we got old school. I loved old school. Uh, old school almost feels like more of a '90s comedy that snuck in under the. Yeah, seriously, uh, or, or really a precursor to the big hit comedies that were about to come, right? Yeah, the like Will Ferrell driven. Yeah, uh, but we also got on the other side Bruce Almighty for these like weirdly yeah. high budget, star driven, uh, special effects driven comedies. Uh, we got Dumb and Dumberer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Kangaroo Jack, which has one of my favorite uh, stories ever where uh, the kangaroo doesn't talk. They added the weird rap at the last minute as a post as like a credit sequence or like a dream sequence. And then the entire trailer makes it look like it's a talking kangaroo movie. Which is incredible. I gotta say, one movie that I actually now watch almost every year during the holidays. Cheaper Bad, by the Dozen. Bad Santa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great holiday movie. I watch it. I th- I, pre- I end up watching it with my brother like every year. It just is on and we just happen to be watching TV at that time and we'll end up watching the whole thing and laughing our asses off. But yeah, Bad Santa was definitely a standout. 
But Oof. again, it didn't feel like anything else that was coming out that year. This is this was a rough Brendan Fraser year. We got Georgia the Jungle <laughs> two. And Looney Tunes back in action. I think this was the end of his era. I think Monkey yeah. Bone was already happened. I don't think. Oof, poor. Oh, God. And the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat movie. Oh, God. Jesus. Jesus. I will Lord. say another highlight, though A Mighty Wind. A Mighty a Mi- Wind. Oh, yeah. I watched that in the Great theater. Great college movie, too. Yeah, God. God damn. It's a weird one. Uh, Charlie's Angels one. Full Throttle. It's so funny. It's like what the one thing I've definitely discovered by doing this series is comedy super sucked in the early 2000s, like super sucked, (laughs) at least in terms of film. I think it was doing a lot better on television and stuff like that. But wow, like shockingly bad comedy uh, all across the board here. Haunted Mansion starring Eddie Murphy. Ooh, yeah, shit. Not a lot of good stuff there, but uh, definitely Geely. Just acknowledging that Geely happened. Geely happened that year. We're up to American Wedding in the American Pie series. Uh, I got another great comedy for you. School of Rock. Yes, great, great one. Uh, Height of Jack Black's Jack Blackness. Yep. Uh, I'll go with you on that. And uh, Sarah Silverman as the best uh, bitchy girlfriend character in the history of. Why are you having fun? You should be making money. <laughs> also, uh, you've got Big Fish. I remember nothing about that movie. I know it's an important part of the. Uh, was that Tim Burton's like whole? Yeah, whatever? I feel like it was the last great Tim Burton movie. I mean, mm. I could be wrong. Maybe something came after it that was that was good. But it really felt like it was the last, and it really also a lot of the the look of it and everything is that super CGI territory he goes he ends up pushing into after this. But this was, I think, the last really really good Tim Burton film. Definitely holds. It's very it's you know it's emotional and yada yada yada. But it, it's got it's it's heartwarming and really great. It's about the guy who tells all the stories about yeah, his crazy yeah. life. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good. But also, it was like, was it based on, oh, it was based on a book? Okay, it is based on a book. But it, it wasn't like a super hugely popular book, right? And I feel like after that, it's just Willy Wonka and, you know, and Alice in Wonderland. It just gets totally off the rails uh, for him. Uh, just a one-two punch. Uh, Tomb Raider and the Cradle of Life and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, Holy God. shit. Did you ever watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? No. It's I never a fucking did. mess. It is crazy. I read the com- I loved the comic. Didn't, don't loved watch the, the movie. <laughs> wow. Th- you know what? This is also probably the year I got back into comic books. This is probably the year oh, I was yeah, reading yeah. Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns and Sandman and all that good and Preacher. This was the year of that. Like, I put comics down. I hadn't read a comic since probably like fifth grade. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's pretty crazy. And then just like, look- oh, comics are actually really good. Ooh, 21 Grams. That's a good-ass movie. Really? 21 Grams, yeah. You don't think so? I don't know. I just never thought about it. Or wait, is that 2003, though? Is Kill Bill Volume 1 2003? That was Study Abroad in London for me. That Does that hold up? Does that pan out? Either way. I don't know. Maybe we're getting off the rails here. We might be um, getting off the rails. Uh, just like Terry Gilliam, or not Terry Gilliam, I always get the two confused, Tim Burton did. All right, a little brief little uh, look at television. Arrested Development is 03? Whoa. What? Okay. Let me, let's, yeah, there it is. 
that actually makes sense because obviously, like, I did not discover that show until it was well out on DVD. Right. Uh, your original hypothesis that all the good comedy went to TV is kind of ringing true right now because all yeah. in a row on the Google list is uh. Arrested Development, Reno 911, Peep Show, Chappelle Show, and The Venture Brothers. Just banging, dude. That yeah. is so good. Yeah. All and and by the way, this is the age of the DVD binge. This is the everybody's also picking up, you know, the Simpsons DVDs, Family Guys getting huge on DVD, Futurama. This was like when all of that stuff was hitting so hard. Also, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, the first one, though, I think maybe just the, the yeah, first, that's the first one, first version there. Uh, Not a ton going on in anime, actually. Uh, there's time. some bright spots. There's Cromarty High School, Full Metal Panic, Fumafu. Uh, if you're a weird horny man, Ikitosen. Um But yeah, I'm not seeing anything crazy uh, noteworthy on the anime list. Yeah, comedy though is banging. Uh, oh god! And then what is <laughs> reality punked? This is this is that time. This is I was not watching any reality at this time. I was definitely thumbing my nose up at reality at this time. You mean you weren't uh, watching Viva La Bam or Extreme Viva La Bam? I know we're looking at the same stuff here. Um, Carnival, I've heard, is actually fantastic, and that was apparently gone too soon. I, I loved Carnival. I don't know yes. why. All the spooky mysteries, all the big supernatural stuff. Talk to Jackie and Marcus. They love Carnival. They like... It's the best Clancy standby. Brown acting in the history of Clancy Brown being a spooky man. For sure. Is that pretty much it? The OC? I'm just not watching oh, any TV. Okay, we got Most Extreme Challenge. I feel like my my years were filled with a lot of watching badly dubbed Japanese action game shows under the banner of Most Extreme Challenge, MX. This was also this was also the heyday of Paris Hilton. You've got the simple life uh. on TV. This was when Paris was like big and celebrity culture was getting really weird, right? Yeah. This is when celebrity culture was was tr- getting very party girl. For the next few years, and then there was the fallout of that in 07 with the Britney Spears breakdown. Or, oh, yeah, no, oh, se- wait, when did she break down? Now I'm forgetting. Oh, four, oh, five. Either way, this was when that era for sure, Ooh. Uh, which was an era I was not into at all at the time. You know what show debuted that I actually think is kind of a super like of the era? Uh, Mythbusters debuted in 2003. Ooh, yeah, that's and a I heavy watched hitter. every goddamn episode of this show. Yeah. I loved this show. It was like a source of peace and calm, and it really like keyed into that uh, Silicon Valley uh, loot crate woot kind of nerd culture that was soon about to dominate. Everything. I was about to say, I feel like that this was the start of nerds being cool. Was with Miss Mythbusters in a way. Was like, oh, nerds are actually really cool and into some cool shit. They make cool robots and they have funny Star Wars references that they repeat over and over again. And they'll talk to you about uh, their favorite Simpsons moments. They're great. Uh, ooh, another good one. Uh, the Teen Titans show. Uh, not Teen Titans Go. This was, you know, the superhero show Teen Titans with all the anime influence started. In 2003. Nice. That was a big one for a lot of uh, Gen Z millennials. God damn. All right. Oh, and Stripperella. I see Stripperella. <laughs> I did see Stan Stripperella. Stan Lee Stripperella on the Spike Network. This was a very Spike Network era. Right. Right. All right. I think that about covers 2003. I oh, and the Bat of Star Galactica reboot. But we, we've talked about I it. I love doing this. It is. It really takes me back. I just... 
puts me in a place in time. Next is going to be... Um, Next is going to be, I believe, my London study abroad year. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Maybe it's wrapped into 2003, but I am getting into college in 04 and what I graduated from college in 05, I believe. And then that'll be a crazy transition up to New York City. So we're, we're, we're now firmly steeped into college. I am now a cool guy, party dude, and uh, we're going to see where that takes us. Listen, Holden, if the audience wants to hear us talk about our thoughts about iRobot, they're going to have to wait for the year that was 2004. But until then... Hell yeah. You're gonna you mean Yo wait. Robot? I remember that was actually a big. Is <laughs> in Spain? It was or in uh, Mexico? It was Yo Robot because I is Yo, and, and everybody was laughing about that with a picture of Will Smith like in sunglasses. It was like Yo Robot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we'll get there when we get there. Thank you so much, everybody, for your patronage and for hanging out with us today. And we will be back next week with more bonus stuff. Until then, stay hard. Never Sorry. go soft. It's not so. <laughs>Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.